Hello, 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 Everyone. Hello. What's going on, friends? How's everybody feeling today? How is everyone feeling? (laughs) How are you feeling? How are your feelings? Are you feeling good? Are you feeling just okay? Are you feeling all right? Robin, how are you feeling? Um, well, I'll be frank. Please. I've felt better. Yeah. How are you feeling? Same. same yeah. Same. Same. One day we'll tell you all about this. Yeah, past one day week. we'll tell. I don't think today, it. but. Uh, no. Suffice it to say, it's been a whirlwind of a of a week, and mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm feeling great already mm-hmm. from it in the aftermath of the whirlwind. Yeah. Um, in a lot of ways, I'm gonna make it after all. Yeah, you're gonna make it after all. You're gonna toss your hat in the air. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, you're gonna make it after all. And that's Ooh, what I remains believe. Remains to be seen. Well, I guess <gasps> a lot is up in the air right now for everyone. <laughs> And um, the thing that's important to us is to welcome you to the podcast. Welcome, everyone. And yeah, full disclosure, are we at our at our best selves today? I don't know. I think we're at that sweet spot where we are vulnerable enough to get very scared. Yeah, I'm scared at everything. Spooked, yeah, I'm scared at everything. Mm-hmm. Like a lady was bumping into me in she like bumped into me, and I was like, I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> And she was like, what? No, I am sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, not good. Anybody could, like, sell me something right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, I big time know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, I, t- I started that documentary on Netflix about cheerleading, and I had to turn it off because it made me too stressed. Which Cheer? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's not even stressful. I was just like, I can't do it. <laughs> I can't. I simply can't watch the cheers. There's that Aaron Hernandez one, too. Mm, keeps popping up for me. I don't I've know just if I been. Can do it. I can't introduce anything, anything new. Mm-hmm. I've been rewatching Gilmore Girls. Oh yeah, Gilmore Girls is a is a safe standby. It's a safe space for me. I'm still. Oh yeah, what? Go on. That's all I said. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I'm working my way through Star Trek: The Next Generation, which is very calming most of the time interesting to say because it is in space but it's a fake space i know it's a fake space and also it's like kind of one and done they have like an adventure and then the gang's all fine right and no matter what happened you know the gang's gonna be fine right exactly mm-hmm. that's actually true yeah it's good maybe i should rewatch murder she wrote maybe yeah i don't know maybe it i should just be read a, little, a book or uh, maybe gilmore girls is good to stick with Probably you're right. Probably you're right. Um, or something equally gentle, like uh, mm. I'm trying to think of another one. Um, you ever watch Gossip Girl? Not very gentle, but you very know fun. What? No, that's one of Patrick's most favorites. Yeah, you should check it out. It's All a right. fun one. All right. It's kind of like a feistier The OC yeah. kind of. Yeah. Well, I was having a really, really a, a day full of uh, constant anxiety attack, panic mm-hmm. attack, nervous breakdown. And I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take myself to the movies. Mm-hmm. And I went and I saw 1917. And That's let me a good tell way to what, get rid of a panic attack. That is a full throttle yeah. panic movie. At least you didn't see Uncut Gems. Oh, my God, yeah. I've heard that, that that's was, like a breakdown. I've been trying to go to movies just to, like, get out of my own head and stuff like that. I mean, literally my own house. And it, it, those are the only two that I had to choose from because I've seen everything else. I would say, honestly, out of the two of those, Uncut Gems sounds more stressful 
Yeah, in they a lot both of ways. seem like they're very good, but they both also sound like nineteen seventeen was so good. Your heart rate up. It was so so good. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, the whole time good. though. Uh, you know when you're like at the movies and people are audibly re- reacting to stuff, kind of like when we saw Cats. Mm-hmm. This was a movie with for that, but I was I think just because I I lacked the ability to like you know edit any of my reactions. Mm-hmm. Mine were like fast and like immediate and without any kind of you know toning down yeah at one point i just go ah i think that's what they want you know i wish the movies were filter so you're not gonna have one either i do i do wish more people would just give into it at at the public movies well i mean during little women i felt that we were also in a in a space in the theater where we were all just like oh my god out loud we're crying so loud (laughs) the whole time yeah i will say thank one thing i'm thankful for this week is movies yeah Big shout out to movies. Big shout out to movies Real around big the world. Shout out to movies. You know, it's been a while since I watched a good one at home. I watched that Stephen King one in the tall grass this week. I don't I know if did I've seen it. Not like it. It's on Netflix. Oh, it like just came on Netflix. Yeah, I didn't. I was like considering it at it. all. all right. I'm not. I'm not gonna watch it. Didn't. Wasn't into it. I'm Felt like one it. that he was like, "Oh shit, I was supposed to turn in that movie today. Give me 15 minutes." Mm. Yeah. Just kind of piece together drafts of other things. Yeah, I have exactly, exactly. And take templates that already exist in Final Draft and right. just use it. It was frustrating. Well, that's a shame to hear. Yeah, we we love you, Steve King. We do love you, but uh, this it was too Netflix sized. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, um, I did find out some facts that are disturbing enough to kind of like jolt me out of my own internal hell this yeah, week. Yeah, tell me. Do you know about Lanugo? No. Okay. Lanugo is a very thin, soft, usually unpigmented, downy hair that is sometimes found on the body of a fetal or newborn human. Okay. So yeah. by sometimes they mean every single fetus develops this. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess maybe unless you're Born hormone with, depleted yeah. or something's wrong, but sometimes uh, a baby will be born with this hair covering their body, Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes if they're premature, sometimes if they're full term. Nobody really knows, like, what's up with that. But it should go away Mm -hmm. in, oh, I don't know, it says here somewhere, 33 to 36 weeks Mm -hmm. is when um, it's usually shed and replaced by something called vellus hair. Mm -hmm. This hair is all over you. It starts as a mustache. Oh, as it often does. Mm. So... You know, I'm not sure if it starts the mustache, but like <laughs> feels like I do think it, it does. Feels like it does, yeah. and I want people to think about it as a full body mustache. Mm, okay, yeah, I see it. I feel it. Um, so, so it's normally shed before birth, like I said, around the seven or eight after seven or eight months of gestation. Mm-hmm. Sometimes present at birth, then it's replaced by this other hair. Then it's all of that's replaced by terminal hair. Which is the hair that a, a, a adult or a child yeah. would have. You live the rest of your life with that yeah, hair. Yeah, with that terminally hair. Mm-hmm. Hair. Uh, so, there. here's what I kind of found out about. A lot of things. Okay, it's shit, but where does it go? Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't go far. Where? 
When it's shed from the skin, it's eaten. By, in humans, by whom? By the fetus. What? Oh, wait. So this only happens when it's fetal. Not... It's inside the womb. Okay, so this is, it doesn't stay on them till after. So they're not like licking their arms outside, like babies. Nah. Yeah, okay. Nah. It comes off in the womb and then they eat the hair. Like it, but I guess they I eat understand. the hair. Uh, since they're drinking the amniotic fluid, so they eat all their own hair, Ugh. and then this does contribute to the meconium. What is that? It's another thing I found out about. It's like a bazaar. Meconium is like it's like the earliest stool of a mammal. Oh. So like. It's all composed of materials that were ingested during the time the infant spent in utero. Mm. So, like, it's basically, like, viscous and sticky and just no. made out of this special hair. No. <laughs> yeah. But then where does the poop go? Oh, it goes right back into the... I mean... They just eat the poop, too? A fetus is, like, peeing... They just eat the in poop the too, sack, right? Yeah. I don't know if babies, like, damn what? I don't really know. I guess like, it does urinate in its own environment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Ugh. I'm really sorry. The reason we have it is to like anchor ourselves in whatever is going on around us mm-hmm. with like fiber. Okay, sure. And it protects the delicate fetal skin from sure. being damaged by the amniotic fluid. Makes sense. So, like, it's also funny that we're suspended in a thing that could even that could damage us. Right. So nature was like, nah, instead of toning down the liquid, we'll just give it hair that it eats give later. It hair, yeah. Uh, it also helps prepare the fetus for life outside the womb. How I don't know. Because it's got a cool story once it comes out. I don't know. <laughs> Easier to uh, make friends. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it it's not great. Also, and the reason I found this out is because a lot of times it's present in teratomas. Oh, no. Oh, is that what the hair in teratomas is? I don't know. Some of it, um, some of it looks some like of adult it's terminal hair. hair yeah. And some of it might Force be this other kind hair. of hair, this vellus Silky, hair. Silky, downy um, hair. But it's... Yeah, some of it they they have said is like, you know, the vellus hair is even crazier because it's like, it's like. Is that also when they're still fetal? It's short, thin, slight colored. So it's like white, barely noticeable. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's like it's it develops on most of a person's body during childhood. So like a baby has a downy soft hair that that kind of just fall off. Babies are incredibly soft. Yeah, yeah, like the back of the ear, sole of the foot. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, but I never really thought about how we're just covered in hair. But that in the I think about it all the time. We're like a werewolf. Yeah, werewolf, but it's like clear-ish, it seems like, so it's kind of No, no, let me show you a baby with all this hair still on Oh, yeah, okay, please. I mean, yeah, I think about being covered in hair like every day of my life, but... Um, I was reading also this week about the porcupine man. Have you ever heard about that guy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Guys, like, Google porcupine man. It was, like, one guy, and this genetic condition only exists within his lineage. And, I mean, what can I say? He was covered in a 
keratinous spikes. So little, unfortunate. Like fine, yeah, but this he's still is like fucked. a little baby. It's kind of cute, actually. That is a lot of hair. Yeah, it's kind of cute though. That's a lot. He's pretty cute. I mean, I mean if, if it does fall out, out, I wouldn't be like, "Oh, classic baby." I'd be like, "Wow, fuck, my baby is <laughs> so <laughs> fucking hairy. This is its life." Oh my I do God. feel like no, the hair definitely comes off, but it is like a prepubescent mustache level. Yeah, it of hair. does look like a little pencil. It's a mustache that covers your whole body. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it falls out all the way. Damn. Uh, it'd be kind of fun to have like an extra soft blanket baby. It would, I but think. also like, I can imagine it being, au- I can imagine it getting awkward. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Fortunately though, I don't think you're supposed to even like really show your baby off that much until like maybe six months and by then, you know. A lot of people break that rule. Yeah, they do. They do. They do. I don't think if that, I don't know if that's really a rule rule, but I know that my mom didn't really take us out the house for months and months. I think we were out by like week two. I think we were out around the town. Because I remember hearing my mom talk about us being like events in the 80s and her being like, you were a week old. We went to that. It's like county fair. You were one week old and being like, Mm. huh, got gamble. Interesting. Yeah. Honestly, it's probably it's probably just uh, yeah. not a thing that matters at all. And I my mean, mom people, was just nervous. I feel like, excuse me, I feel like it probably was fine for a very long time and is now weird to do again because fucking anti-vaxxers. Oh, yeah. Fuck you guys. Goddamn selves or children vaccinated. Fuck you I'm just going to Google when to take your baby out for the first time and yeah, see. Yeah, Let's see. Let's see. Yeah. Okay, people say you can take him out right away as long as parents follow some basic safety rules. Mm-hmm. No need to wait six weeks or two months of age. That is what my mom did. Mm. Um, get Well, here's the thing. She put us outside in, like, nature, mm-hmm. but not in, like, uh, the grocery store. Yeah, you got to get to know your aunts, your local aunts. Yeah, truly. Mm-hmm. I think Spiders. it was limiting, like, direct sun exposure and some germs. Yeah. And some locations. All of um, that makes sense. And then minding things like heat and cold. Yeah, that's fair. You All know. Of that's very fair. You know. I so, think, yeah. I got some good news for you. Okay. Some house hunting news. <gasps> Tell me. Price slashed on UK's spookiest house with 50 tombstones in the front yard. Oh my god, what? That's not just what a graveyard is? No, look. Oh, they're densely packed. They're humongous. Wow. Is it a converted Methodist church? Yes. Okay, yeah. But. What's the price? What's the new price? Okay, let's see. A state agent's desperate to sell Britain's spookiest house, which is a graveyard in the front yard, have slashed the. All right, well, that was weird. Anyway, everybody, the recording got fucked up. Oops. We were talking about um, the free tombstones in the front of the house, and Mm -hmm. Robin brought up that I sent her an article about a free island in Ireland. Free Ireland Island. Uh, the only caveat is you have to go with a friend or lover, mm-hmm. and if like if both of you live, you win. If one of you lives, one of you wins. And and you can also do a shot for shot remake of the lighthouse. Yeah, you can. I'm working really hard on that Willem Dafoe monologue. Damn you! Yeah, that's the first thing I did for the New Year. <laughs> I have a video of it. Shout the curse! Beautiful. Thank you. I gotta really get it get yeah. it together. I've been it. practicing some voices recently. Yeah. I'm gonna make a character reel for voice work. 
I think that's a great idea. You got a yeah. bunch in you. I did make you chuckle because we went to karaoke, everyone, and I wanted to discover if I could do the ACDC voice. Oh, oh, Not and only how? can I, but wow. It's mm. my favorite thing to do now. Do you, do you want to give the people a taste or save it for the real? I think I got to, I think I got to like come in hot with it mm-hmm. as a cold open one day. Because it does require a little bit. I need to get in a, in a zone. For yeah, it. it's it is an energetic, yeah, uh, expenditure. Yeah, yeah. But once you start, you really can't stop doing no, it. No, you were in it when you were in it. Yeah. You're in it. You can't stop doing it. And the more you do it, the better you get at it. Yeah, it's really wonderful. You nailed it. You got it really down. I do encourage everybody to try out the ACDC voice, but to also protect your vocal cords. And when you're doing it, imagine like a fun little Muppet. I was picturing, yeah, a little baby Muppet, like a baby tennis ball that you squeeze the sides of so its mouth opens. Like, Mm, yeah. I almost see. Kind of like a Yoda. I'm going to close my eyes and see what I see. Or like a dark crystal creature. Some kind of Henson guy. A dark crystal creature. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I forget the name of it. Like a little weaselly weaselly guy. Fizzgig. Fidget? Fizzgig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's what I see. A weasley little baby. Yeah. Or like a shark with, uh, fur. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's kind of like the tennis ball where you squeeze the sides of the mouth and Mm -hmm. it's like... Yep. A shark with fur would be a good invention. (laughs) Sorry I keep doing that one, that one noise is all I can think of then. It's really fun. Uh, yeah. Of course, also, it's, when we're talking about the ACDC voice, we do mean the second singer... After the first one, mm. tragically passed away. I don't know either of them, so. I don't really know anything about any band, except for who choked on their own vomit. That sometimes is, like, mm. the one fact mm-hmm. people talk about. I do feel like you know a bit about Jethro Tull. I do. Yeah. I take it back. I do know a lot about <laughs> a lot of things. <laughs> I do do it. There, there you go. There we go. I can't. Oh, listener, can't another haunted myself. news. Stephanie bought a treasure chest this week. Oh yeah, a real a real pirate chest. Yeah. Um, not only that, an old anchor. I got like a crazy some st- crazy stable ladders. Beautiful. Um, ooh, what else did I find? You got a nice trivet. I got a beautiful old trivet, cast iron. Mm. Mm-hmm. Cast iron is oh boy. Feeling the weight in your hand, you're yeah. like, I've got to have it. Was it was nice. It was nice. I've that just got to have it. That's taken the top spot in the house is if I want to hit somebody with something in the night, oh, who's yeah. an intruder. Oh, once I have that little uh, cast iron uh, ironing board oh, or yeah, iron yeah, yeah. with me, mm-hmm. cast iron iron. Yeah, that's a good walloper. Oh, boy. For sure. Ooh, For boy. sure. I think I'm going to use it as a doorstop. Yeah, but why not? in the meantime, it'll be my weapon. Yeah. Uh yeah. When you're not using it as a doorstop, you can use it to weigh things down. Paperweight? A, a paperweight? Yeah. 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 Oh, I also got that bacon press. Oh, yeah. That's also would be a good paperweight. I think you should use that to make little cookies, though. Oh, yeah. Or crackers. <gasps> a rosemary cracker. With a little bacon boy on it. With a little bacon it. boy on little it. Baked. Maybe little tiny pieces of bacon baked into it. Oh, my God. Picture it. That'd be mm-hmm. hard to do because of the fat content. This is yeah. baking. Welcome to baking. Cast. cast. Oh, baking God. Cast I actually do iron. wish. Cast oh iron God. cast. Cast iron baking with two cast iron girls. <laughs> I do wish that we would just do haunted haunted bakes. <laughs> we, I mean. All right. Well, we that's going to be the theme time. of next episode yeah. is haunted bakes. <laughs> uh, as, the, as the Brits would say. 
I mean, haunted, I, talk I about haunted bakes, bake. I'm haunted by that one baked Alaska on British Bake Off that oh, had to go Oh, man. That was, me every day. that was bad. How also, dare like, she? I gotta say, I just gotta say it's so funny to me that they refer to them as bakes, like, because mm-hmm. it, it's a verb. Like, you can't Bakers? call something a bake. Because they're like, British this, people this is my bake. all the time. I know, but I love it. Yeah. I love it. I'm a bake. Yeah. Here is my bake, Here's but you're just pudding. showing somebody like some croissants you made. Uh, for my bake, I made a pudding. For my bake. For my bake. I made some kind of a pudding. <laughs> Filled up with cream. Filled it with cream. That one has cream in their mouth when they're saying it. So, uh, okay. I know that there's that one woman <laughs> on the latest season of Bake Off whose voice I can't hear. Oh my god, yeah. It's really bad. Because she sounds like a hen who's sitting on a clutch of eggs. She sounds like a hen. Man. And everything is kind of confusing, everything, too. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's not great. Oh, she is a total, like, killjoy, too. Yeah, every time Noel comes over to her, she's like, all right, then, no. And yeah, and she's also, she does that thing where she's like, well, if you th- if you say so, like, she thinks it's funny to be kind of mean. Yeah. Not not funny. She's also like, well, as a vet, I inject things all the time. And it's right. like, we don't need to know, Rosie. She's like, I'm making these cookies. Ha, would you believe I've seen a horse dick? And it's like, Rosie, <laughs> we do believe it. Well, I believe it, Just Rosie. Just like a regular doctor's seen a regular dick, you, an animal doctor, must have seen some animal dick. She has, but she didn't, she she had no sense of humor about it. And I'm sure she was like, why are you laughing? It's incredibly clinical. Yeah. The, the horse is actually sick, so it's not funny. It, it'll never not be funny. It is She's wrong. Funny. She's and wrong. you know what? She lost. She did lose. So. Yeah, I'm happy for that guy. I forget This conversation we're having is not is not in the spirit of Bake Off, but I don't care. You know what? But think about what Paul talks about. I can't about even think about Paul. On his own. I know, I can't. Let's not talk I about Paul. I can't think about Paul. Do you know what I'm doing today? What? I'm doing a fucking murder. <gasps> wow. Yeah. Is it scary? Yes. All right. I'm scared it is. already. I'm doing this murder because it's like a ghost killed them. Oh, my God. And I know that a ghost didn't kill them. We pro- you probably know about this one. It's the, I can't pronounce this, Hinterkaifeck. Oh, yeah. How do you say it? Yeah. Yeah. Farmstead. Mm-hmm. You know about this. Yeah. Scary. I just like not to it. What? You have to. <laughs> I guess I could really quickly just look something else up. <laughs> People right. don't know about it. All right. Well, this was a fucking murder. So similar to the Valeska house. So scary. Um, but this one took place in um, 1922. Okay. So, like, so recent. I mean, I also should say, I forget, uh, obviously, all of the specifics of this. So I am glad to yeah, hear it again. It's a small farmstead. Uh, in like Bavaria, okay, uh, forty-five miles north of Munich. So that's that makes a difference. Okay, uh, infamous scene of one of the most gruesome and puzzling unsolved crimes in German history, which is saying a lot. Yeah, really, there have been quite a in few in German I'll say. history. Sure. On the evening of March thirty-first, shout out to my mom's birthday, nineteen twenty-two. The six inhabitants of the farm were killed with a mattock. Do you know what that is? No. Okay, hang on. It's this. It's this thing. <gasps> oh, yeah, guys, so, that's one of those giant pickaxe-looking yeah. things that. It's almost a like a, a plane pro- propeller. Yeah, that is sharp on two ends, and then you you. Is that also cast iron? You think? The head of it probably yeah. looks like it. 
The head of it is either Jesus. iron or stone. So heavy. But I would guess cast iron. No, I don't actually know. Mm. Well, this one's just one example. Who knows what the original was made out yeah. of? The six victims were parents, Andreas and Kazilia, their widowed daughter, Victoria, and her Aww. three children. No. I know. So, the farmstead was built around 1863. Hinter Kaifek, Hinter, which, um, beep, 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 beep. Oh, it means behind. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, was never an official place name or a separate, like, district with this name, but an unofficial house name. Okay. So it's like how I call my house, you know, um, Soap Town. Oh, okay, yeah, you do. Or how you, you call your house a uh, place to lie down. <laughs> yeah. It's not wrong, and it yeah. is what I call it. We have name plates on our doors that say It's that. unofficial, but that's what it is. Yeah. That's how so, I always refer to it. the place to lie down is what I'm going to make you to hang on your I would love to have door. that on my door. Yeah. It is. Uh, so, nearby Kaifek, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, or... Uh, Single farm is a single farmstead located just over like half a mile to the south of the murder farm mm-hmm. on the municipal road to Schrobenhausen. Beautiful. Thank you. The farm, however, did not belong to Kaifek, but to the village of Grubern. Uh-oh. As house number 27 and a half of the municipality of Wangen. I'm just saying all this because I want to say the names. Wangen. And was incorporated into Weidhofen in 1971. So that is some... Land property business for yeah, everyone. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of, you know, red tape. Interestingly enough, a year after the murders, the house was completely demolished. Because it was too haunted, maybe. Well, in the demolishing, it revealed additional ev- evidence. The <gasps> mattock was hidden in the attic. Oh, fuck. And a penknife in the hay in the barn. Oh, my God. Well, it was 1923. Yeah, still. They are probably like, well, it's a... One. The weapon wasn't embedded in one of these six people, so I suppose they took it's it with gone. Them. Or they used their hands. Yeah. Um, since then, nothing has been built. There's just a memorial shrine. Yep, that's it. So that's fucking it. I so mean, the murders. Gotta respect how There's an ground. amazing prelude leading up to the murders, and that's why this is so fascinating to me. Tell me. Strange things began to occur in and around Hinterkaifeck sometime shortly before the attack. Six months before the attack, the family maid quit. Not that weird. But the widely claimed reason for it was that she heard strange sounds in the attic and believed the house was haunted. No. I know. Andreas, the the patriarch, found a strange newspaper from Munich, again, 43 miles Mm -hmm. away, on the property in March of 1922, so the month that he was murdered, um, also, 43 miles away, you know, that's a far way away in 1922. Mm-hmm. He could not remember buying it, and so okay. he initially thought that the postman had lost the newspaper. Okay. This was not the case. However, as no one in the vicinity subscribed to the paper, it was just kind of like, how, where, how did this fucking get here? Yeah. Just days before the murders, and I know that doesn't seem crazy now, but like, no, it's definitely postage weird. and like that. It was a big deal to have to a newspaper from Munich delivered to your house. Yeah, like you know, how the fuck did this get here? Basically, Not free, yeah. Just days before the murder, Andreas told neighbors he discovered tracks in the fresh snow mm. that led from the forest to a broken door in the farm's machine room. Mm-mm. 
While this alone was not unsettling, it was the fact that the tracks did not lead back away from the house again that unnerved him. Ugh, I hate that. Around the same time, some of the family's house keys went missing. Mm-mm. Which, you know, is especially troubling. Yes, very troubling. Right Incredibly now. troubling. Later during the night, they heard mm. footsteps in the attic, but Gruber, Andreas Gruber, found no one when he searched the building. Mm-mm. Although he told several people about these allegations, or these, I'm sorry, alleged observations, mm-hmm. he refused to accept help. Andreas! <laughs> And the details went unreported to the police. Come on, buddy. But he told everybody else. Come on, just call him. According to a school friend of the um, seven-year-old, the eldest child Mm -hmm. of Victoria's, the young girl reported that her mom fled the farm the night before the act, so the murders, after a violent fight and only hours later had been found in the forest. (gasps) Oh, my God. The family also repeatedly observed a man with a mustache, standing at the forest's edge, and staring toward the house, observing them. So, yeah. I mean, it is mysterious, but also a pretty clear picture, I feel. I think it's that guy. It seems like it might, at least, he (laughs) should be considered. The mustache man is probably Mm -hmm. the one. On the afternoon of March 31st, 1922, a Friday. Friday. The new maid, Maria, mm-hmm. arrived at the farm. Maria's sister had escorted her there and left the farm after a short stay. Mm-hmm. She was most likely the last person to see the inhabitants alive. Mm. It appears that in the late evening, Victoria, her, 17, uh, her seven-year-old daughter, and her parents were lured to the family barn oh my through God. the stable where they were murdered one at a time. Oh my fucking God. The perpetrator, or perpetrators, used a mattock belonging to the family farm and killed the family with blows to the head. Jesus Christ. They, they then moved... one by one? One by one. So, like, the fourth one had to just witness all of them die. He or she then moved into the living quarters where, with the same murder weapon, he killed the other two... Mm. children god yeah and i guess so for some reason it doesn't say if he killed maria did she find them the next day oh oh no he did okay yep definitely did okay yep uh four days passed between the murders and the discovery of the bodies Mm. on april 1st coffee sellers hans Shirovsky and Eduard Shirovsky mm-hmm. arrived in Hinterkaifeck to place Love an order. Love them. Love yeah. them. Love them. Hans and Edward. Edwards and Hans. When no one responded to the knocks on the door and the, and, and the window, that's also like a great technique. Door doesn't work? Try the window. Try the window. It's going to rattle a window little bit more. Window doesn't work? Go look around the property. They walked around the yard but found no one. They only noticed that the gate to the machine house was not... What was open before they decided to leave. They were like, okay. mm, they were not going to go. Um, the, eldest, the seven-year-old was absent from school without excuse. Mm. And the family sh- uh, didn't show up for, for church on Sunday. Mm. On Monday the 3rd, the postman, Josef Meyer, was, uh, deli- or Joseph, I don't know, was delivering the mail at Interkaifek when he noticed that Saturday's mail was still there. Oh. 
and that no one had been in the yard. Because, mm. no. Assembler Albert Hoffner went to Intercaifact on April 4th to repair the engine of the food chopper. Don't know what that is. Uh, it could be anything. Maybe it's for cattle. Uh, or it's a knife. Yeah, the, an engined knife. An engined knife does sound like say, something that people would be uh, into at this time. I will say an electric knife is like my worst fear. Like, have you I ever mean, seen they have, those? Yeah, in, like in, a turkey carver? I hate that yeah, so much. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I can't make it that much easier. It's also like, oh, God, no, I can't think about it. Mm-mm. He stated that he, the, the engine food chopper repairman, stated that he had not seen any of the family and had not heard from them, but the sounds of the farm animals and the dog inside the barn were loud. Like, he could hear those. After waiting an hour, he decided to start his repair, which he completed in four and a half hours. Okay. Meanwhile, there are just six people dead on the yeah, property. Yeah, what? Damn. Um, he met his daughters in the village later. Okay. Told them that, that the repairs... Crazy that in, he just didn't notice anything. I don't know. That were done. And then he said, um... You know, he, he said something to the mayor of... of Wangen? Wangen? I don't know. <laughs> Wangton. Uh, it's not that. About the ghostly emptiness of Hinterkaifeck. <sighs> Well, at least he said something. Yeah. I mean, the animals should have I mean, been a hint. I also do think everyone is doing actually the right thing, because I definitely wouldn't just, like, I'll investigate it alone. I wouldn't do no, that. yeah, yeah. No way. I'd go tell the fucking mayor. No, I'm glad that those two brothers were like, we're just going to leave that. Go tell the mayor. Mm-hmm. That's what you have to do. You do have to tell the mayor. Um, so a man named Schlittenbauer sent his son, Johan, and stepson, Joseph, Sixteen and nine, just the right ages to go see some yeah, dead people. That's a good time. To Hinterkaifeck to see if they could make contact with the family. They did not see anyone, thank goodness. Mm. Uh, Schlittenbauer headed to the farm the same day with Michael Poole and uh-huh. Jacob Sieg. Entering the barn, well, they found the bodies. Aww. Murdered. Shortly after, they found the chambermaid and the youngest family members. Aww, sad. Um, the inspector and his colleagues from the Munich Police Department investigated the killings. They invest- so they were hampered by the number of people who had interacted with the crime scene, yeah, obviously. Yeah, it, it sounds like a whole bunch of, like, five or six people just were wandering around. Honestly, it wasn't even those people. It was, it was the people that discovered the bodies. They oh. moved them. Oh, God. They moved them a lot. Great. Uh, moved the bodies, moved items around, cooked and ate meals in the kitchen. What? Yeah. Yep. Why? I don't know. The day after the, dis- the discovery of the bodies, court physician Johann Baptiste Amulier, that sounds French, but it's not, mm-hmm. performed the autopsies in the barn. Why? Again. I don't know. It was established that a mattock was the most likely murder weapon, but the weapon was not at the scene. It was, like, hidden in the barn, in the attic of the barn. But it's crazy that they were like, it's a mattock, right? Well, and then they just I didn't mean, look for one. Yeah, it is a little weird. It is, it's just very weird to me that they weren't like, let's search through the whole house. This is so sad. Okay. The little girl survived the assault. Aww. Uh she had torn her own hair out <gasps> in tufts while laying in the straw. Oh, God. So she survived for a few hours. Oh, okay, for a few hours. Oh, that's really awful. Yeah. Ugh, it's horrible. Yeah. Um, the skulls were removed and sent to Munich, where they were further examined. 
and kept in a justice building, but they were later lost and probably destroyed. Well, no, in in World War II. Okay, okay. Um, You know, as many things, many skulls were destroyed in World War II. Oh, boy, you don't have to tell me. So many. They were buried eventually. April 8th, they were buried. Mm. Uh, The remains that were still there. So the police first thought it was robbery. And they interrogated traveling craftsmen, vagrants, a couple other people that lived around the village. Mm. When a large amount of money was found in the house, they were like, no, okay, it's not that. It was clear that whoever did this remained at the farm for several days. (gasps) So wait, while people were coming around and stuff? Yup. Oh my God. You know how they knew? Someone had fed the cattle eaten the entire supply of bread from the kitchen, and had recently cut meat from the pantry. Oh, my God. It was what also was possible... Uh, it was also possible that the perpetrator remained there after the discovery. Wow. Fuck. Just hiding in the attic? If they hid in the house for, like, a few months leading up to the murders, I'm yeah. sure they could hide from people that didn't even know the house that well. Oh, my fucking God. Neighbors had reported smoke coming from the chimney... All weekend. Uh, so this is also why nobody really thought it was that weird yeah. for them not to come to stuff. Wow, fuck. It's the so perpetrator bold. would have easily found the money if robbery had been the intention, mm-hmm. but it, it, the money was just there. It was untouched. Mm-hmm. Um, so no clear motive was gleaned. They were starting to think of suspects. Despite repeated arrest, no one's ever been been found responsible for this. Can I ask, do they, how do they know all the stuff about the family having heard noises and everything? Because Andreas told everybody. Oh, okay. okay. He told his neighbors, he told other people. Yeah. Like, the seven-year-old reported her own mom running into the wood, like, yeah. uh, people knew they were scared and weird stuff was happening. Like, he asked the mailman about the newspaper. Right, right, right. Like, he was saying this to everyone. But didn't actually file a police Searching report. Searching the fucking attic. I know. In all, more than 100 suspects have been questioned through the years. Wow. No conclusive results. A couple inconsistencies, too. In the inspection record of the court commission, it was noted that the victims were probably drawn to the barn by restlessness in the stables, resulting in noises from the animals. Mm. I don't know. I don't buy it. Why would you take your seven-year-old daughter? Yeah, that doesn't make much sense to me. A later attempt, however, revealed that at least, at least human screams from the barn could not be not heard in the living area. Like, the the question is, like, why the four eldest members of the family went to the barn in the first place? Like, why did they go there? Mm -hmm. You know, were they rounded up and led there? Why weren't they just killed? Did they go out to the barn one by one, or did they all go out there at the same time? They can't tell. Yeah. They just know that they were killed one by one, mm. obviously, with a matic. I mean, they could have been called by name, I guess. They could have been. But it could if have been that like, were the case, why would you still bring the child? I think if, if, if they were lured there one by one, I think he probably got the child first. Mm. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, or it was like they got one and they were like, call for your wife. Call for your daughter killed them and then I don't know maybe couldn't wake up the children by calling their names so awful I don't know 
Or the chambermaid was like, hey, we're not going out there. Yeah. The exact sequence of events could not be clarified without a doubt. There were only five pictures taken at the crime scene, two of the bodies in the barn, one of the dead maid in her chamber, and one of the wrecked bassinet no. in the bedroom and an outside view from the yard. Fingerprints were not secured. A reconstruction based on the positions of the bodies revealed that Victoria was likely the first murder victim in the barn. So Victoria was the child? That's the mother. The, That's the, the mother. The okay. widow. Mm. Oh, interesting. Maybe she knew the killer. Maybe, but... She did run into the woods for no reason. After a fight. And there was a man looking at everybody in the... I don't know. Mm. Why would she go? That's a good question. And also, if she got into... Didn't say she got into, like, a, a bad argument before she ran into the woods? Mm-hmm. But, so... But her daughter didn't say with who... Right, and why wouldn't she have said, like, a stranger attacked me? Right. Mm. The next was the her mother, Mm -hmm. followed by Andreas, followed by the little girl. Oh, God. Uh, And then in in the house, the maid, and then children. Mm. The assumption has been, has often been that the killer was already on the premises and inside the roof. Yeah. Before the act. So inside the roof, not even in the attic. I don't like that. Inside. The roof. Mm-mm. Based on the stories Andreas told to his neighbors before his death. <sighs> some of the evidence for this theory included shifting roof tiles and hollows in the hay. Oh, God. But they were later interpreted as maybe hiding places for, um, well. Raccoons? You're never, ever, ever going to guess. Spiders? Guess this. Birds. Incestuous activities between Andreas and his daughter. Wow, what? I what? don't know. Was that a proven thing, or are they just wildly speculating It that? may be, like, I, I don't, I, it's, it seems like wild speculation, but it's so crazy that I almost think there must have been some reason to think this. Yeah, because otherwise it's like, what are you talking about? Why would that be the case? Yeah, it, it, the reason they say is, like, that's why he didn't notice these irregularities, because they were all, he already had hiding places, but I'm like... I don't really know. But, you know, people did horrible fucking things. Like, maybe. Maybe it was a town, a well-known town secret that, like, he was abusive or something. still, unless that was, like, a thing that was, like, established, I I feel like that's crazy to say. I, yeah, I don't know. It does seem out of nowhere. On the night of the crime, three days before the bodies were discovered, the artisan Michael Plock Mm -hmm. happened to pass by Hinterkaifeck. Um, he observed that the oven had been heated by someone. Mm-hmm. That person had approached him with a lantern and blinded him. What? Whereupon he hastily continued on his way. So, so he somebody like came out house, with a lantern. Like, Get out of here. I guess, yeah. Holy shit. He also noticed that the smoke from the fireplace had a disgusting smell. Ew, no. This instance was not investigated, and there was no investigations conducted to determine what had been burned that night in the oven. Ugh. What? Come on. I don't know. On April 1st at 3 a.m., the farmer and butcher, Simon, there's no way I can say this. Mm-hmm. It's got, like, letters in R and R's. Oh, okay. Rieblender? I don't know. On the way home Rice near Brunnen, who knows, saw two unknown figures at the end of the forest. 
When the strangers saw him, they turned around so that, that their faces could not be seen. Uh-oh. Later, when he heard two of the murders... Strangers. Yeah, that's why they think maybe, maybe it was two people. Mm. When he heard of the murders in Hinterkaifeck, he thought it possible that they might be involved. The fitter, Albert Hoffner, we know him from before, mm-hmm. was at Hinterkaifeck several hours of repair work after the crime, but was only questioned in 1925. Come on. Come on, guys. They did not interrogate him immediately at all. What are we doing His statement suggests that the perpetrator was back in the yard during the time of the repair. Wait, why? The doors of the house had been locked, and he had not met anyone, but he did hear the dogs barking inside. Mm. At the end of his repair, a dog was tied up outside instead, and the barn door was open. (gasps) Somebody's wandering around? Yes. When the men discovered the bodies later that day, the dog was inside the barn, and the barn door had been closed again. I hate that. In the middle of May 1927, a stranger was said to have stopped a resident at a resident of Wadehofen at midnight. He asked him questions about the murder and then shouted that he was the murderer before he ran into the woods. Oh, and Wade, Wade is the repairman? No, this is just a random person. This is a random person. In, in May, five years later, or six years later... A stranger was like... A stranger was like, I did it. Bye. Hey, you know anything about these murders? Well, I've gotten them! And then ran into the woods. I mean, it was probably that guy. Mm-hmm. So, there's some interesting suspects. One of them is Carl. <laughs> Victoria's what? husband. Okay. Who reportedly had been killed. Right, I was gonna say. During the First World War. However... His body had never been recovered. Well, I'm sure, having seen 1917, you can attest that that was probably pretty common. Yes, very. Yeah. After the murders, people began to speculate if he had indeed died in the war. Um, Victoria, so this is going to get into the stuff of like incest, mm. had given birth to Joseph illegitimately in her husband's absence. Mm-hmm. The two-year-old was rumored to be the son of Victoria and her father. Oh, my God. So, uh, I didn't actually read the suspect's part, but this does go into it. He had... This was documented in court and known in the village. Wow, okay. Yeah. Wow. Shit. Some theorized that he killed the family to seek revenge, although soldiers from his regiment were were like, he definitely died. Yeah, I don't think... He definitely did. I don't think... I don't think this is a thing. Yeah, I feel like you would die in World War One even trying to fake your own death. Yeah. Yeah. Lorenz Schlittenbauer, shortly after the death of his first wife in 1918, Lorenz Schlittenbauer was believed to have a relationship with Victoria and Father Joseph. So maybe he's the dad. We don't know. Mm. The initials L.S. appear on Joseph's birth certificate. Okay. Though these could be the initials of an attending doctor. Yeah. The doctor does sign them, after all. Schlittenbauer came under suspicion by locals early in the investigation because of his several suspicious actions right after the discoveries of the bodies. Mm. Okay, when he and his friends came to, to investigate, they had to break a gate to enter the barn because of all the doors, they were locked. Mm-hmm. However, immediately after, the find, after finding the four bodies in the barn, Schlittenbauer apparently unlocked the front door with a key. He and entered the, the house alone. Come on. A key to the house had gone missing several days before the murders. Right. Though it's also possible that Schlittenbauer, as a neighbor, as Victoria's potential lover, might have just been given one. When asked by his companions why he had gone 
into the house alone when it was unclear if the murderer might still be there. Mm-hmm. He allegedly stated that he went to look for his son. Oh, that is sad. If Regardless he of any, it's it, sad if it's if, it, sad if true. Yeah. Regardless of any of these rumors, it's known that Schlittenbauer had disturbed the bodies at the scene, mm. compromising the investigation. Very frustrating. Locals suspected him this entire time. Um, you know, strange comments, indicating knowledge of details that only the killer would know. Uh, you sure, know, do a it. local teacher, Hans Yablager, that's how you say <laughs> his last name. <laughs> Yablager. Yablager. Discovered Schlittenbauer visiting the remains of the demolished Hinterkaifeck house. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that's not that weird to me. No. If, like, your lover and potential son died yeah. there. Yeah. Um, upon being asked why he was there, he stated that the perpetrator's attempt to bury the family's remains in the barn had been hindered by the frozen ground. Okay. Mm this was seen as evidence that Schlittenbauer had intimate knowledge of the conditions of the ground at the time of the murders. It was March in Germany. In Germany. Come on. Yeah, like, I, I don't even know. Yeah, come on. Come um... He also won a bunch of civil claims for slander against persons who described him as the murderer of Interkaifek. All right, so, well, if he won, he won. Yeah, so, you know. You do have to prove that you're not the thing. For, you do. To win a slander case. You do. There's another one, and I'm just going to, I'm, I'm just, there's many, but I'm going to do this one. Damn. The Gump Brothers. <gasps> yep. Oy. Yep. Oy. Yep. Yep. A lot of these people were rumored to have relationships with Victoria, so she must have been smoking. She must have been a fucking 10 out of 10. Yeah, like, I live with my parents and I have kids. Beautiful, all natural Mm, Victoria. My husband is dead and I'm desperate. No. However, there's no evidence that proves that this person, Adolf Gump, uh, let's see, bloopy, blah, 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 bleep, blah, 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 bloop. I guess, I don't know, the Gump brothers... Yeah. Maybe they did it. That's another, they that's done another it. thing. They could have done a lot of things. There's, there's, okay, three sets of brothers that could have done this, according to the internet. I don't even, what? I'm not even going to get into all I mean, all of them. I guess they probably just, like, accused many of the men in, like, a 10-mile yeah, area. Probably. Yeah. Like I said, 55 people. Makes sense. We're that suspects. You'd be like, everybody's a suspect. Yeah. We have no idea. It's really crazy to me. Yeah. The, they were like, it's got to be brothers. I think they were th- they were looking for two people because yeah, of that one person's I know. thing. I was that. But I just, it's so scary that there could be, so, you check everywhere, but you didn't. Yeah. And someone is living with you and you don't know it. I hate that so much. I mean, you know why I hate that like, this week, especially, mm-hmm. but like, well, it's, sure. it's so scary to me it that someone's me like infiltrated like, uh, your life. There are actual reports of, like, I don't think in the U.S., but um, I think in, like, Japan of this happening in, like, a like an efficiency apartment, like, and it was, like, a woman living in the vents. Oh, my God. Like, a stranger who didn't end up murdering them, but they were just, like, my food keeps going missing, and then guess I what? get it in Japan. Mm-hmm. Space is scarce. Mm-hmm. Um... In my old apartment on 22nd Street, we had a man living in the basement that would sternly look up at us through the so gaping much. hole around the radiator pipe that I went really into the floor. I really hate that so, so, so much. Um, I, I hate hated it. it, I guarantee, equally as much as you do. Ugh. That was horrible. Such a fucking nightmare. That place was a nightmare house for many reasons. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but that, that being just one of them. Rats. Yep. Graveyard rats. Yep. Yeah. I mean, living near a graveyard is good unless it's this house. <laughs> unless um, it's like the rats are coming to you. Yeah. If your house is better for the graveyard, better for the rats than the graveyard is, mm-hmm. you know there's something wrong with the house. Ugh. God. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So upsetting. And also just like <sighs> the idea of being like, it's a ghost, but like, no, it's I actually know. a murderer. The, like looking around and being like, there's nothing here. It must be a spooky ghost. And then it's just like a fucking guy. It's a murderer. So Ugh. scary. Who's been like casing your house for a long time. Also. I know. Also, that's like, that sticks around. Yeah. I don't like that. Right. That's mm. why I'm like, what was the goal? Was the goal just to have a place to live? Apparently not, because they left. I mean, I guess in and that they didn't, case, the goal they didn't is just bury you're anybody. Psycho. Like, if you wanted the house, bury them and be like, I'm the new groundskeeper, and I don't know where they went. Like, they could have owned anywhere. In or, this in this fantasy, he's a country boy. Also, they hired a new chambermaid. I feel like they sound like the kind of people who he could have walked up and been like, I need a job. They maybe would have been like, you can help with the farm. I gotta say, Maria started work on the worst day ever. I know, poor baby. Yeah. Her poor sister. I know, who was like, well, we had a fine day, and, well. God. At least they got to spend the day together. So scary. Really scary. Um, Jobs where you have to go to a family's house and stay the whole night are too scary. I uh, went to an exhibit, a photo exhibit last week that had a whole installation about, like, uh, not not full-time, but, like, live-in uh, child care people. Mm. And, like, it wasn't scary in the same way, but it was still just like, wow, yeah, your life is just, like, not really your own anymore. No. I had, um, right after college, I was just so desperate for money. I, this is so shitty. There was a woman I was babysitting for, and she paid me $50 a night to come to her house at 6 o'clock and then take her daughter to school at, like, 7.30. And it was a little, little girl, like a Montessori school. 7.30 in the morning? Yeah. And she didn't Wait, give so you me... you would sleep there? Yeah. Oh, wow. And she didn't give me... Even though they had a spare bedroom and the master bedroom, she made me sleep on the couch and didn't give me any linens or anything. God. And also didn't feed me. Was this or in like, Boston or This here? was in Wilton. Oh, wow. $50. Yeah, that's definitely fucked up. I, I mean, $50 an hour maybe. Yeah, yeah. No, it was for the entire... It was for like... Damn. Over 12 hours. Yeah, Looking back on that... Really fucked up. Man, there's so many things I wish I could have just been like... That's fucking hilarious. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. I didn't know, though. And I would be coming from my, like, two jobs already. That was bad. Yeah, not good. That was also at the height of my um, swimming in a pool full of a chemical I'm allergic to, period. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> that you was know, a weird job time for you. That was a really weird job time. Mm-hmm. Right after you leave acting school, you got to just do a lot to figure it out. <laughs> For a little while. Sure, that's what they always uh, say. You know, you just make cupcakes for a little bit and watch people's kids for no money. Yeah. Uh, anyway, right yeah. Right after college, I, the, the only really terrible one that I did was be like a runner on a movie set for a few months, but for no money. And like, I mean, I volunteered to do it. It's my own fault. Mm. But oh, there was one day I truly went to every borough. 
Oh, my God. Because they were like, you have to go pick up this thing from this store and then bring it back to the set and then go get this thing and then bring it back and then go get this thing. And I was like, okay, I'm do- I'm living a that is the high work, life though. in New York. <laughs> that is what you do, though, for yeah. that job. I do have one thing I wanted to add. Mm. So people do think that the murders mm-hmm. might have been done. Mm-hmm. By Paul Mueller. Okay. So, who who was believed to kill several families in the U.S. under the similar circumstances between 1898 and 1912. Oh, okay. The murders attributed to Mueller mm-hmm. include the Velisca Axe murders. <gasps> what? Which is like... Too eerily similar to this They're case. They're very similar. They're like exactly the same. Wait, so they think that he like got away and then went and just did this in Germany? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, it's railroad towns where entire families are left bludgeoned to death with the blunt end of an axe. Yeah. So he didn't get caught after the Liska stuff? No. Okay. No. Uh, they also think that he, the killings might have been motivated by, like, like true serial killer, like, maybe necrophilia, mm-hmm. maybe, like... Just delusion. Crazy shit. Pure, yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, more or less, like, a, like, who even knows? Jesus. But, I mean, guys, we haven't really, you know, this isn't really a, a murder show, but... We haven't talked about the Velisca murder house. We may have talked about a little in terms of if it's haunted and stuff. Mm-hmm. But look up the facts of that. They are so similar. Yeah, they really are. Like interchangeable almost. Similar. Yes. Yeah. It's really scary. Mm. Anyway, that. that's what I did today. Because Ugh. I'm I'm feeling, you know, un- in an unsafe home and uh I wanted to I wanted to know it could have got it could be worse. <laughs> Could be worse, and also, you know, you are, you're, you're locked up tight safe in here. That's least, what you think, unless someone's in the floorboards. I you're guess you're right. I guess later. you're right. Okay. Yeah, the only place I can think of is, like, in a cabinet, and I think that we can check those for sure. If someone climbs out of the cabinet... You're gonna die of fear. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's already over. Yeah. It's like how in the ring when like she starts coming out of the TV, they're like, Whoa, and I'm like, you would already be dead. Your you'd heart would dead. explode. You'd be dead. Yeah. yeah. You'd, you'd be dead right away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even if you get away, you died trying because of fear. Yeah, for sure. Well, I got a little lighthearted guy that maybe will make you feel a little better. I'm glad that you're closing out with a lighthearted. <laughs> okay. All right. So everything I'm going to read is from a BBC article by Matthew Tompkins. Great. This is a little fun one. Great. In the 1960s, A.D. Cornell, that's A.D., a Cambridge-based parapsychologist was conducting experiments in apparitional experiences. Ooh. Cornell wanted to artificially induce the experience of seeing real ghosts so that he could observe how people reacted to an unexpected paranormal experience. Interesting. So he, like, wanted to be like, here's a ghost. What do you feel? How do you, what do you think? Cool. And, uh, yeah, it was, like, his life's work, which, like, ugh, shout out. Yeah, I know. Um, Initially, he attempted to haunt a cow pasture near (gasps) King's College. He haunted it, but, like, not himself. He attempted to give it haunts. 
But okay, it was mostly him. Really? A four and a half minute ghost walk was carefully choreographed. Cornell himself would crawl behind a what? small mound, wrap himself in a white sheet, and what? abruptly stand up as if he were appearing from nowhere. So he would just be like, aha! He would then stroll to the what? next mound before vanishing by diving to the ground. I love that he was like, the special effects are just, I move like, quick. I put on a sheet, I pop up, I go over there, and then I dive to the ground and I'm gone. And it's like I'm vanishing. I vanished. They'll never know. I love him. Dress rehearsals seem to confirm that the appearances and disappearances were sudden and startling. Sure, of course. Okay, excuse me. There were dress rehearsals, which means there's a director, there's a stage manager, this is there's a some whole audience. Production, yeah. Okay, great. He stationed research assistants along okay. the paths yep. to observe passerbys also. Great. This was like a 30-person operation. I, I love this so imagine. much, and I love it. The team conducted six walks the team. in total. <laughs> Imagine being like, cool, cool, cool. I'm at King's College. I am at, I am getting the highest degree uh, in parapsychology. And okay, I guess that's what I'm doing for the whole year. I am telling, we have a a thing for work called Work From Anywhere Week Mm -hmm. where you're supposed to do like one long project for a week and no one bothers you. This is mine. This is your project. Yeah. It doesn't have anything to do with work, but... No, I'm doing you can it. recreate this with extreme yeah. precision to, and faithful to the original. Great. Um, he did six walks, but guess what? To his dismay, none of the 80 bypassers gave any indication of having noticed anything. Now, what that means is not that they didn't see him. It's that they knew that he was not a ghost. Yeah. He did note that the local cows appeared to regard him with rapt attention. Um, sure, yeah, that they yep. frightened. But, uh, yeah, he was dissatisfied with the results of that because he was like, nobody reacted like I was a ghost at all. And it's like, wow. come on, man. They just thought that you were like, ah, and, and they yeah. just kept going, as <laughs> anybody would. Just be like, what? They okay. sound like New Yorkers. Yeah, they just keep, just just like, just oh, keep looking straight That ahead. guy's doing something. None of my business, none of yep. my business. Um, reasoning that more ghost appropriate that a more ghost appropriate venue would lead to the results because a cow pasture, yeah, cow pasture, you know, whatever. But he was like, "Let's kick it up a notch." That actually is exactly right. I think. Yeah, you know, it was the set. It was the set. The set. It wasn't the right place for it. Yeah. You know, people yeah. even if they saw it, they wouldn't know what they were looking at. You got to do it in yeah. where a graveyard. You're not expecting it. Yeah, the graveyard of Saint Peter's Church, to be uh, specific. Hell yeah. Um, because this graveyard abutted a public road, the team took extra safety precautions. Oh, sure, because someone gets scared, jumps someone into traffic. Someone gets scared, jumps into the road. Yeah. Um, this time, the assistants were not merely standing by to observe. They were ready to step in to avert any accident resulting from the hysteria that would come as a result of seeing an experimental I do love apparition. that they believe so hard in this, that they were like, people are going to get in so danger. scared they're going to run into the road. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, he would not call it anything except an experimental apparition. Love that. Yeah. Um, such precautions... Well, they proved unnecessary. Between pedestrians, cyclists, and motorists, Cornell estimated that approximately 142 people would have been able to witness the apparition, but only four gave any indication of having even seen it. Oh my god. Yeah. Under questioning, it emerged that none of them believed they had witnessed anything remotely paranormal. I mean, if he's truly just wearing a sheet, like... He is, and he is. (laughs) The first person described the apparition as, quote, a man dressed as a woman who must surely be mad. 
Okay, Another yeah. assumed it was an art student walking about in a blanket. He is. Two witnesses, when questioned together, did realize that the experimental apparition was probably intended to simulate a paranormal event, but went on to note that the effect was spoiled because, quote, we could see his legs and feet and knew it was a man dressed in a white garment. Oh my god. <laughs> He was getting funding I love from that the they, school to I do this. I love that they, like, yeah, they had funding, they had a team, but, like, they couldn't fix this one thing. No, and I love this. these students being like, I gotta be really honest with you here. We can yeah. see your feet. Yeah, also, we, we you've knew. been talking about your thesis for, like, five months, and we knew it was... Yeah, we could see you practicing yeah. out here all day. Yeah. With, like, 30 people. Yeah. Well, guess what? He wasn't discouraged. He then wondered if the lack of awareness might be attributed to the purely visual nature of the apparition. In his own words, I love him. quote, during the last six minutes, the figure uttered low moans in order to attract attention. Wow. I feel that it's important to reemphasize here that Cornell is referring to himself, a man draped in a sheet standing in the graveyard at night, moaning. Uh, when he tried that, none of the 10 people he came across gave any indication of noticing him at all, though in context, it's likely they were just avoiding eye contact with him. Yeah, probably, yeah. yeah. Uh, Still determined to induce a paranormal experience, Cornell wrote that his next experiment needed to take into account two important considerations. First, he wanted to present the experimental apparition in a place where the spectators would already be focusing their attention. Okay, his second was an ethical one. He's always worried about the, the people. Yeah. And uh, in this case, he said that he'd become concerned about the potential for the experiment to traumatize children. So he <sighs> said, you know what? Just to play it safe, I'm going to do this at an X-rated movie. <laughs> okay, listen. I love him. Wherever he is now, boy, is he a good ghost. He's a wonderful man. Yeah, he's a good ghost. He's a wonderful Wait, is he, is he alive no, now? He's probably dead. This was in the this 60s. This was in the 60s? Yeah. Okay. I love him so much. I love him so much. Being like, you you know what the next step is, X-rated movie. Yeah, because the kids. I do it for the kids. Going from being like cow pasture, no, graveyard, no, graveyard moaning, no, X-rated movie. Yeah, yeah. So he made arrangements to conduct his test during the trailers preceding the feature. The experimental apparition was clearly visible for approximately 50 seconds as it passed slowly in front of the screen. No. (laughs) Six research assistants distributed about the audience monitored the proceedings. Before the film started, Cornell, without the bedsheet, reemerged with a microphone to survey the crowd. Stephanie... The experiment was another failure. <laughs> oh my god. None of the audience reported anything paranormal. Again, they could see him walking. He's walking. I love him. <laughs> what? I love him. He couldn't so figure much. out that this was the issue. This is like a Nathan for you. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> then he saw nothing unusual. 46% had failed to notice the experimental apparition. I'm redoing all of these of the experiments. Screen. Yeah. All of them. It's And I think you can find other fun ways to try it out too. Yeah. Like buying something. Yes. Uh, laughing, screaming. Yeah. Um, like putting it on and taking it <laughs> off real fast. So 46, 46% of people didn't notice it when he walked in front of the screen. 32% remained completely unaware of it. Wow. 
Um, even the projectionist, whose job it was to watch for anything unusual, reported that he completely failed to notice it. Oh my god. Those who did see something were not particularly accurate in their descriptions either. One person reported seeing a woman in a coat. Keep in mind, there's a movie, there's a trailer being projected onto him. He's wearing a white sheet. Right. So, kind of makes sense. One person said they saw a woman in a coat. Another said they'd seen a polar bear. Another believed they had observed a fault in the projector. One person accurately described a man dressed in a sheet pretending to be a ghost. Okay, I love it. Pretending. (laughs) I saw a pretending man. Yeah, I saw a man. I didn't see a ghost. I saw a man. Cornell ultimately concluded that such failures to see should be attributed to an absence of a subtle psi factor or telepathic stimulation that would normally correspond with a genuine haunting. I fucking love this man. I love him. Because he's he's also conducting scientific experiments. Based on the fact that people see ghosts. Yes. Oh, no. That is, like, going into this, the main thing was, like, he's starting at a baseline of that people do see ghosts. Yeah. The science is based Mm -hmm. on that tenet. Yeah. He goes so far as to suggest that the number of true hauntings may actually be grossly underreported. While his side-based conclusions would uh, largely not fit into... Sure, naturally, that conclusion is obvious. I mean, Sure. Uh, It wouldn't play well in a modern scientific journal, but it did preempt a modern understanding of some parapsychology. So consider the following experiment. And you might have seen this before or like tried it. Participants uh, were shown a video of two groups of people, one group wearing white shirts, the other wearing black shirts. Each team's holding a basketball that they pass among themselves. The viewer is asked to count the number of times the players in white pass the ball. Something that not all viewers notice in the video, a man in a gorilla suit walks through the middle of the video while this is happening. What? And most people who see it don't even notice the gorilla. Wow. Um, So this is a phenomenon known as inattentional blindness, coined in 1998 by psychologists Irving Rock and Arianne Mack, who showed that when viewers are concentrating on something... They're basically functionally blind to unexpected objects and events. Wow. Um, Their experiments largely involved, like, shapes on a computer monitor or, like, things, like, similar to the gorilla thing. There was two other scientists who came up with the actual gorilla thing. Um, Since then, attention research has, like, really grown a ton with sight unseen things. There have been a lot of studies. But... Cornell's results are arguably one of the first demonstrations of inattentional blindness. I disagree. I think that it was very uh, yeah. widely seen by people, and people just were like, don't look at that guy wearing a sheet. I would agree. This blindness is something uh, most of us are likely unaware even exists, let alone that it affects us. Contemporary surve- surveys have shown that most people firmly believe that they're the exceptions to the rule and that they would notice unexpected objects and events, even if they were paying attention yeah, to Yeah, we all else. like to think we're special. Right, Exactly. So basically, this says to me two things. I do think that it's true that we probably see a lot more ghosts than we even realize because we're watching TV or texting Mm -hmm. or just looking at something. And the second thing it says to me is that you can do, science can be whatever you want. And if it means that you get to dive in a cow field or hide in a graveyard and go, literally wearing a sheet. And your sneaks. Follow your dreams. That's a good tip. You can have a full team of people helping you. That's a really good tip. Even if the conclusion ends up being 
Something that you didn't intend it to be in the first place, guess what? Still matters to science. It still matters to science. It'll go down in history. It'll go down in history. And I love this man. I love this man so much. I love him so much. I want a movie based on him. And I want also to base the rest of my life on him. Imagine being like, welcome to college. Hey, who's that? Oh, that's A.D. Cornell. Yeah, Yeah. he's been working on this for years. And And he's just like, sitting up like a prairie dog wearing a sheet. And he's like... It didn't work. What are we going to do next? Also, like, it fails once, twice, and thrice, and he's still, like... And he's still, like, it's the situation, it's not me. It's not even that ghosts might not be seen or real. It's Mm -hmm. that probably they're all around us all the time. They're all around us all the time, and the conditions have to be just right to see them. I love it. I love it so much. Which I don't disagree with. I also, yeah, I do really love being, like, so, yes, I am here for science at college, but Mm -hmm. just know that every experiment I do... Is starting out from a baseline of ghosts exist. God, I love it. Okay. The onus is not on me to prove that. No. I'm it's pretty just much following like, up. You know, it's like, yeah. same thing as gravity. Ghosts are real. Yes. It is That's accepted. just what it is. That is just what yeah, it's it is. It's not even a theory. It's a fact. Mm-hmm. I love that man. Yeah. I love, I love him so man. much. We can learn a lot Beautiful from him. Man. A wonderful man. A wonderful man. And He's I, not discouraged. Oh, don't man. be discouraged. No, don't. Even stand up in front of a... A crowded theater and let them tell you that your plan didn't work. Imagine and then skulking keep on going. in front of the screen in the sheet from one end of the theater to another, getting to the other end, taking the sheet off, and then walking back up and being like, did you guys see that? Yeah. And them all being like, one guy being like, I saw you wearing a sheet and being like, what? Mm-hmm. You, anybody else? And somebody being like, I saw... I thought I thought that was just a weird thing with the projector. And then one one guy's like, "I saw a beautiful woman." Yeah, and one guy's like, "I saw a polar bear," and you're like, "You're all wrong." Well, you've seen a ghost, or did you? Or Hi, did I you? made AD Cornell. Hi, charmed. Now enjoy your X-rated film. Yeah, and without Thank further God there ado, were no children here. Yeah. <laughs> I think it would have worked with kids. That's kids the thing are more is, it likely to have seen kids would have liked it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Also, I wouldn't it have been fun to, like, do the experiment and then someone's like, yeah, there was some kind of a goblin that came out of the corner, like an, an unintentional ghost. Yeah, yeah. Being like, yeah, no, I saw something move over here. More importantly, up there, I did see a disembodied you know, hand reach out of the It does make me ceiling. think maybe those two sightings of women in coats might actually be something. Could be something else. Uh, anyway, we, we'll continue his research. I know. The two I, of us. We have to. I love him. I love yeah. the idea also of putting on sheets, ha- sending out a team to observe yeah. other people's reactions. Yeah. Also like, getting out of breath and being like, scared. how was that? Yeah. Like, Faster or slower? Okay, yeah. So how I'm going to do vanish? it for real in like two minutes. I want to do it two more times and then we'll do it for real. Yeah. And it's like, can you see my legs? The practice run and the real run. You can still see my legs. Can see my legs. Fuck. Okay, it's fine. It's fine. I'm more. I'm more black jeans. Nobody will even see. No one will see. Blend right in. Okay, so I need you to just look at people and see if they look scared. Mm. And then you tell me if it doesn't work. I'm gonna add some noise to it. So I'm not gonna tell you what it's gonna be. Glasses under or over the sheet. Guys, Mm -hmm. guys, Mm -hmm. I need your advice. Uh, If I trip and fall. Um, you got to distract people walking past, okay? So you have to yeah. do something. If the cow moves, that's my cover, so did the cow distraction. Look, they didn't look scared. Did the cow look scared? It did. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The, we're, no, getting that cow, we're getting somewhere. That's good to know. That's good to know. We're getting somewhere. Okay. All right. Okay. We can work I that. love him, and I can't wait to I become him. him. Yeah. Um, my tip would be become this man. There's yeah. nothing else I can even say. Also, if you hear something, tell everyone, including, tell the, including the cops. Including the police. 
Um, yep. Tell everyone in the entire world. Mm-hmm. Uh, put it on. Put it everywhere. Yep. Be like, I got a newspaper. I got a newspaper life. that I didn't subscribe to. I I'm hearing stuff that's happening. My mm-hmm. keys are going missing, and I need the yep. world to know. And I yep. need the police. And also, I've I have moved. Yes, I have left. Nobody mm. is here anymore. Yep. Um, Hire a bodyguard. Mm-hmm. Do we need to do? Oh yeah. That's a good advice for myself. Yeah. Uh, guys. We love you so much. We love you. You can follow follow us on uh, That's the Spirit Podcast on Instagram, That's the Spirit Podcast.com, yep. Spirit, Spirit Pod, Pod on Twitter. Do it uh, up. Email us. We love you so much. We'll see you next week and we'll see you in hell. We'll see you both places. Bye bye. Love you. Bye.